You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 325. I'm Tim Robertson, and I've got David Cohen and Owen Rubin. Hey, uh, Owen, how are you? Hey, that could be dangerous. It could I, be. I, I, hi, David. <laughs> so, hi. how are you doing, David? I'm good. 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 So it's been a while since the three of us did a show. I thought it'd be fun. A um, couple listeners actually requested it, so let's let's do this thing. Try not to step all over each other, specifically you two. <laughs> who, who are these masochistic people? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, one of the things is uh, we've got some great feedback this week, but like three quarters of it is from Owen, David. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We, we should we just make that up. Yeah, we should just make him read his own feedback. feedback. <laughs> oh, do I have to go get him? Oh, no, okay. no, we've got him. It's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so let's start here, guys. Uh, I, I really, this is a hard time for me to record. Uh, number one, my kids have a half a day, so my wife has gone and got one of the kids. They're going to be home in like fifteen minutes. Hopefully, the dogs don't bark and. And uh, my daughter realizes I'm recording because my wife will tell her and she won't clumsy herself in the front door and fall on her face or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was watching The Punisher on Netflix. Now, it's the new Marvel series on Netflix was released today. I'm almost done with the second, no, third episode. So, yeah, it's been a, a, a long morning for me because I'm like kind of addicted to the Marvel series on Netflix. And I've heard two things. Either it's freaking brilliant or it's not even as good as Iron Fist. And Iron Fist was pretty bad. I have to yeah. say, three episodes in, I'm loving it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I thought Iron Fist got a bad rep. Um, it had definitely had some problems. But you know what? I enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I thought perhaps some of the criticism was overrated. But I thought um, John Bernthal, who plays the Punisher... He was originally in the in Daredevil season two was excellent. Oh, he's so I've been really looking forward to this. I've got to admit, I didn't realize it was out already. Yeah, it, here's the thing: they actually, I, I don't know if they pushed it back a couple weeks or what, because of the recent mass shootings in the U.S. There was, I know Netflix had pulled a trailer that they were going to show online. Um, you know that they had delayed by a week or two uh, because they wanted to show sensitivity to a mass shooting and this yeah. show is nothing but mass shootings <laughs> um but you know i i can understand why they would want to do that but in today's society i think an audience understands that one thing is entertainment that you don't have to freaking watch and the other thing is reality yeah. uh unfortunately the two seem to blur for some people but i think for the vast majority of people it's disingenuous to say oh this thing we created because of the look there's been mass shootings every few weeks in this country for years yeah, it seems virtually every day every day i was gonna say yeah, yeah. technically <laughs> yes every day there is a mass shooting it's just they're not reported as such so, so don't... you're right tim uh, they published netflix and marvel reportedly pushed back the series due to the mass shooting in las vegas right and there's been two since then so don't don't coddle us guys. That's what I'm saying. Don't coddle us. Don't oh we want to no just stop. Either well, don't don't make the yeah. show because you're really taking a stance on it or don't <coughs> or don't condescend to us. 
the, the problem is, and we were just talking about this before the show started, is, is hey, that's the internet. Unfortunately, that internet culture of criticising anybody for ev- anything they do uh, and that and the the echo chamber of social media making that criticism become appear to be in some cases more important than perhaps it really is has 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 pervaded the whole of the media now so everybody's very gun shy excuse the pun of um doing something that's going to be viewed by uh, a certain part of the media or or politicians or something like that as being insensitive yeah so every you're always you're treading on eggshells around it. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, look, go into the, uh, the the movie plexes any day of the week, and you're going to find the same level of violence uh, in the entertainment that's shown there. It's just part of the the culture. There's a there's a wider argument maybe to be had about whether that's a good or a bad thing. I certainly, you know, think that we're we're all grown ups and uh, we can tell the difference between reality and 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 not, but. Um, Depends yeah, on your drugs, David. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> but that's not the only thing that was keeping me from wanting to record right now. I've got an equally strong pull towards picking up my Nintendo Switch and playing Mario Odyssey. Because, <laughs> quite yeah. honestly, it's <laughs> such a good game, guys. It's so good. So let me let me share a little bit about that. You know, um, Tim, I, I don't know how often you listen to the show, Andy, but I've been telling Tim about how my mother has a friend in this US who is an addict to the show. Hi, Randall. He's probably just fallen off his chair again because that's what happened last time I did that. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, he listens to the show and then he feedbacks to my mother anything he thinks she might be interested in. So <laughs> she hears about my life via a back channel. Well, it happened to me again yesterday because my son sat down for dinner and he said, oh, guess what, Daddy? Um, in my computer class today, the teacher didn't turn up. We had a supply teacher. And so they said we could use the computers with headphones on for the lesson. So I listened to one of your podcasts. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, I heard you talking about Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, uh, so like, he, now he knows what he's getting as his, uh, as his Christmas present. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you say that on the show? Yeah, yes. we were talking about it, and I was saying I was looking forward to playing it because why? Uh, last time I was in the states, I picked up a Nintendo Switch for the kids. Ah, okay. <laughs> I did. I did miss that. I did miss that one. I you yeah. try to listen to every show, but sometimes I miss one. That's right. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard a lot. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I've been uh, I've been undone by talking about it in public. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was kind of wondering about that too when you said that. I thought, eh, I don't think I would have let the cat out of the bag on the show. That's <laughs> well. The good news is, you know, people are listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's so not you the like people it. we want it's, to. It? <laughs> <laughs> At least someone's listening to yeah, the show. Okay. There you go. Oh, I love it. It's. I I still haven't docked my switch to play it on the TV. I've only been playing it in you know the the handheld mode, if you will. Um. And I probably will go the other route because it, it, it's so colorful and it looks so good on my TV. But it's a fantastic game. It's one of these that you can pick up, play for 10 minutes, turn off the Switch, hmm. and then pick it up the next day and play for another 10 minutes and don't feel like, oh, what was I doing here? It's like instant. It's Here's so the I thing. I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. So um i haven't bought a console oh god i hate to admit this mr video game is going to admit this i haven't bought a console since the nintendo 64 yep 
And okay. the reason I haven't bought a console is my wife said I became she became a video game you know widow. Yeah. Because um, well, you probably have not seen my video room, but I have a projection screen, so it's huge. Uh, and I ended up on the Nintendo 64, just like buried in that room for hours on hours and hours. It, and I'm afraid to buy a new machine. I, what you just said makes me wonder if this is the machine one it's time to buy. Well, here's the thing. You've got basically three choices right now, excluding PC gaming, because that's always just kind of a constant upgrade cycle, right? Right. So I, I'm going to exclude that from this conversation, as well as uh, arcade and MAME stuff, because that's right. kind of you know, pick up and play a little bit whenever you feel like it. And it's not mm -hmm. really addictive because the games are so short. Okay. So let's just look at these three consoles that we have right now. So Microsoft just came out with a brand new upgraded version of the Xbox one. And uh, Sony has a newer version as well of the PS four. I think it's the PS four pro or something right. like that. They're both great consoles. Okay. Um, I would say the PS four is probably, as a gamer, a much better console because they have better games and they've only focused for the most part on games on the system. Whereas Microsoft tried to make the Xbox one a little bit of everything. Uh, their, their UI is kludgy, super confusing and not intuitive at all. Microsoft. Yes, I know it's <laughs> who would have thunk. Sony's is much better to navigate. The games are better. Um, and it's a good system. You know, it really does feel like a continuation of the very first PlayStation. They, they iterate over and over. The control itself is basically the same. Okay. And it's a good system. But they're so similar that it's really a personal preference, right? Now, I've got both. Not the Breton new one of each, because I don't care right. about 4K gaming, and I don't care how powerful it is. Will it play the games if I go to the store and buy them and look good? Yeah. Okay, good enough. Um, you know, if one of them broke, that might be a different story, but they both work fine. And hell, I still... <coughs> the one that I play of, of all my consoles, excluding the Switch right now, is the PS3. That that one gets more play in our household than anything. So Yeah, and, and I, I also have an, an Xbox 360 which uh, which is it's the it's the only desktop console a kind of tv connected console we have um and i'm still working through the xbox 360 library and it's a fantastic library yeah it really is in the last console generation no question that look i know that the the wii u or the wii the original oh, wii sold more than all the others but the one who won the last console console war if you will is the xbox 360 it, it has yeah. the best library and honestly, at this point in time, it still has probably the best game library of all time. It's just, so David, it's really good. What do you think you spent? I hate to ask this, but what do you think you spent on games? Well, because I, I bought an Xbox 360 very late in its, you know, as it was approaching the end of its cycle. Um, I bought my, my console used. I paid about $150 for ah. it. And um, uh, at that time, that was about two, three years before the Xbox One came out. So, right. um I basically I buy all my um, my games secondhand in GameStop type places. Ah. So you know I get I get five games for about fifteen bucks. Um, <laughs> okay, so, well that, I mean that's a good yeah. argument right there. Yeah. <laughs> so bringing it back to the modern stuff, 
those are the two plug it into the TV traditional gaming console. So then you come to the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo, look, a, a year ago, David, we were we were talking about is it time for Nintendo to get out of the hardware business altogether, right. excluding yeah. the portable 3D stuff, 3DS and and, and 2Ds, um, and and really start porting their games over to the other consoles because that's what everybody's playing. And then the Switch comes out. The Switch has been to this. To, to, as of right now, a phenomenal hit. And remember, they launched this thing in March. I see them yeah. everywhere. They're, see them they are the everywhere. I see them everywhere. And here's why. <clears throat> Nintendo knows how to make an interface that's really easy to use. They know how to make hardware that is specific for their type of games. And they understand the portability in a way that Microsoft and Sony simply don't. And what this really is, is a portable and a home console. It's both. It's two things in one. And it is, instead of being a uh, second class in both, it's actually the best of both worlds, which is so hard to pull off. And I think quite honestly of the three it's my favorite how are the graphics amazing it looks great well i mean do you need is it for right with, with super mario odyssey included yeah that's a good price actually yeah. um that's on nintendo's website yep you it has in my opinion the two best games of the year now i'm not saying i've played every video game out there i haven't not even close but from everything that I've read online and my own personal experience, uh, the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, as well as Super Mario Odyssey, are the two best games of the year. And they're both on the same platform. Uh, and I was just reading as well last night that apparently it's got a brilliant port of Skyrim on there as well. I've which heard. is another great game. Yep. Yeah. So if I was going to buy something right now, and if I was in your position... Owen, I would either look at the 360 because you can pick up, you can pick up a, a console as well as 20 games that are best in class for less than 250 bucks. Yeah, well, and, and you'd have years of gameplay right there alone. That being said, I would pick up a Switch. It's that good. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think the Switch has already outsold the um, Wii. No, the Wii U. Uh, sorry, yeah, that's right, the Wii U, which was out for, what, five, six years? Well, no, it hasn't outsold it. It outsold it for the same amount of time that it's been on the shelves. I, I thought they'd already sold more Switches than no. they sold the, the entire Wii U. No. Um, and remember, the Wii U was launched in a holiday season, so it had the best chance of success, and it just yeah. it failed miserably. <laughs> the Switch was launched in March. That's about the worst time to release a a new gaming platform because it, that's the time of the year that everyone's already spent their Christmas money. Uh, there's no big holidays coming up and summer's approaching and yet it's done gangbusters. It's been phenomenal. All right. Here's the, I'm looking at eBay. The, what's the difference between the, the 360 and the 360 slim? Is there any hardware difference? Just the, the 360 slim is the one you want because it's uh 
a newer iteration of the same hardware. Yeah, the earlier 360s had a massive problems with, it was called the Red Ring of Death. I went through like four 360s. Interesting. Eighty nine ninety five for a console. Yeah, it, that's worth it. Yeah. But you could pick them up secondhand at a game store. Twenty games for one hundred nineteen. Yeah. This might be a way to start. Although my wife, I'm I'm not going to let her listen to this podcast. Just so you know. No, no I wouldn't. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, the thing about the three sixty is that all the games that you'll see coming out now for the PS four and the Xbox One, they're pretty much like graphics updates and slight gameplay updates of um, older games. Yep. So it's not it's not even apart from the updated graphics, you're not really missing anything on these. Uh, Interesting. You know, apart from there's one or two exceptions, but most of them are kind of the same game rehashed. Yeah, I, I found that. That's why it was took me a while to. I actually have an Xbox. I didn't buy it. Someone gave me one of the original ones, and it was completely loaded with games. But uh, I noticed that some of the new ones are just better iterations of the same game. If you want just fun gameplay to pick up and have a good time, I would get a 360, and I would get Star Wars Lego or Lego yeah. Star Wars, the very I first like. That. Uh, the complete series. Those are just, you could pick up, play a level, and put it away. Um, you you could beat the whole game in a couple days, and then you go back through the levels with new characters to get into hidden rooms and and explore and collect all the little things. It's extremely fun. Those games are addictive, um, but not in a I'm going to be a game widow type of way. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's a, that would be a good kind of an introduction back into video gaming without... See, I'm not into the first-person shooter stuff a whole lot, and that seems to be where the, the PS4 and the Xbox One excels. Well, I'm laughing because one of the things I just found on eBay is the Xbox 360 Slim Shooter Bundle. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. said that exactly as I read this, and it's like the, it's a red mm -hmm. Xbox 360 with like eight or ten games, all first-person shooters. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not, no, I'm not I, big into those. I love me a, a first-person shooter, so I've got quite a few of those. Uh, and there's some really good ones as well. If you like that style of games, they're great. But, um, you know, a good thing is there's all different types of games for it. You can get... Um, you can get racing games. The sports games are all great. Uh, if you want to do dancing games or anything like that, you can get a cheap connect and plug that up and kind of do all of that stuff as well. Okay. Um, you know, whatever you want, really. But um, <clears throat> the Switch is, is a great, great console. And Now, I, I find myself wondering recently, because I wonder how many people are actually playing it at home rather than playing it on the move, I wonder whether in the future Nintendo will actually do a cheaper version of the Switch that just has the lower-end mobile hardware in without all the extra stuff that, that kicks in when you dock it. Well, a lot of people have been talking about just that, that are they going to eventually replace the, the 3DS platform and go to a Switch and a mini Switch? Because to me, that would make the most sense. Well, the way to do it is just unbundle it. Just let you buy it without the other hardware. Well, yeah, but the other they, hardware doesn't. They, they have to re, they have to redesign it. There's some sort of system on the ship going yeah, on in there. It, it, right. I think basically, it's a, it's just you know, it's, it's not radically different from an Android phone inside right. the Switch. It's just basically an ARM system on the chip, um, with with Nintendo's customizations on. But it is a little bit larger for true portability. Um, ah, okay. it, it needs to be smaller to really take the place of a 3DS type of you know game system. I guess once you attach the controllers, right? It gets kind of big. Exactly. So really, if they made it like a 7-inch screen and 
a little bit smaller footprint. I think it would make it, it, Nintendo will never do this, but if it if they gave you the ability to re-download your 3DS type games into the Switch, it'll never happen. But mm. that would be cool. Anyways, let's get off video games because this is not the video game podcast. It's a tech fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, the tech world right now. Um, Obviously, you know, we we cover a a wide kind of gamut of uh, what's going on in the tech world on this show. But I know I just said let's stay off of games, but there's there's a story going around right here. David, it's about Battlefront 2 and this whole loot crate type of thing. Do you want to explain what a loot crate is? Do you know what that is, Owen? Yeah. So, 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 right. So, so what a loot crate is, is um, you're in a game and you, this, this, all of this stuff has come from the, um, the mobile side where you have these free to play games where basically they monetize the game by giving you the, the game up front for nothing. Um, but then, they optimize the game to try and make you to uh, spend microtransactions in the game. Um, and that makes sense when the game itself is free. And so their revenue stream is to try and incentivize you to spend some money to progress. Uh, and it's you know, basically, if you don't do that, then you, you stop grinding. You stop doing repetitive stuff over and over again to earn some sort of reward in the game to let you uh, increase your character, progress through the game, whatever. The problem is this this revenue model is so lucrative that um, some of the big game companies, particularly Electronic Arts, who are the um, offender here, have decided to introduce this into their fully paid games. Oh. Uh, and over time, it's gotten worse and worse. And the people who've been trying out Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is a big multiplayer kind of, it, it's one of these big, it's a melee style game. So you you join you join a server you open up in a star wars type world you know one of the planets from the movies and there's hundreds of players playing in there playing as stormtroopers and uh, heroes from the from the the movies and this sort of thing and and everyone's kind of you know fighting each other shooting each other all that sort of stuff <coughs> excuse me they're very very popular so this this new one battlefront itself the the previous one was very successful this is the new one it's in trial at the moment and what people have been finding is that to effectively progress through the game having plonked down your 60 dollars for uh for this game on the xbox one or the um ps4 yeah so you, you you find these crates and what happens is you open the crate up and inside there is a random doodad uh, 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 now in games in games gone past that doodad would be like a new costume maybe or perhaps a, a a different color for your laser gun or something like that but in this no it's things that you actually need to do to progress through the game if you want to do something like play through a level as darth vader not only do you have to put in a lot of hours but you have to get the right combination of stuff from the loot crates um and you get a random thing every time you go in it almost looks like a, a vegas slot machine uh, and the problem is the what they've so heavily skewed the game towards these these random uh, loot crates, uh, this lo- random loot crate model wow. that effectively there's no way to progress through the game without putting in hundreds of hours and probably spending some money. According uh, to a computation by Star Wars Gaming, it will take at least 4,528 hours of gameplay or $2,100 to unlock all its base content. 
Exactly. It came out on an article yesterday in Engadget. So this is this is people are absolutely furious because most people aren't stupid. They know they know what the gate what the the deal is here, and you know you kind of you recognise that that game companies have to make money. But the problem with these these big AAA titles now is they are spending more than movie money to generate to make these games. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, and so they want they want that money back. Right. And the problem is. People are saying, well, you know, quite rightly, complaints are, first of all, you know, I pay $60 for the game. I expect to get all the base content because that's the deal. And if you if you can't do that, then give me a smaller game. Don't expect me to spend hundreds of dollars to make my way through the game. Other people are saying, hang on a minute. Um, you want me to spend hundreds of hours to progress through this game. I don't want to devote this much time to that one game. Yeah, I pay my $60. I expect to be able to play it for a period of time. The, the difficulty with a multiplayer game like this is all the players who've spent money to uh, increase their chances of getting the good stuff become more powerful. And they're the ones who then are always going to win the games against anybody else. Right. So effectively, it's almost like, not only is it pay to win, but it's also like, you know, pay more money to participate. It would, it would, it would be like going to a... Um, one of these, uh, you know, these uh, civil war reenactments, yeah. And uh, you turn up, and you're you're kind of you you get given your uniform, and you get given a, a country bumpkin leather jerkin and a pitchfork, <laughs> yeah. But the guys who play more, they get the uh, the, the full civil war uniform and uh, rifles with real ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, not a fair competition. They're uh, under so anyway, investigation, by the way. Belgium yeah. gambling, gambling authority. Well, exactly, yeah, because it, it's not a million miles away from pure gambling now. Well, because um, you don't know what you're going to get. You're spending your money, and you can yeah. get just junk. And you're like, well, yeah. I didn't want that, and I just spent, you know, five bucks for this? A skin for my gun? Who gives a yeah. crap? Exactly. Wow. Can I, can I add something here? Uh, sure. I can't talk completely about who or what, but I was called as an expert witness on a video game where these guys wrote software on a server to play, pretend to play the game to unlock loot crates. And I, they didn't call them that, but now I know what it's called. Yeah. And they didn't hack anything. They just wrote these things to, to like, push the controls. Yep. Right. And they got sued. They got sued by EA for supposed loss of revenue. Well... Yeah, that, um, unfortunately, that is... Uh, I, I can understand a gambling investigation because these... EA at the moment is is acting like a casino. They are. Um, it's absolutely, and it's and it's being very aggressive about it. Now, since I posted this story yesterday, uh, EA today have announced that they're withdrawing all the loot crates from this game. Um, but you still have to grind to get the stuff. So effectively, you still the the, the two and a half thousand hour requirement is still there, but um, wow. the uh, the loot crates are gone for the moment. The problem is, is that a lot of very cynical gamers are now saying, oh, yeah. So what they'll do is that they're getting some bad publicity now. They'll take them out um, so that it doesn't dent the first few weeks of sales. And then once they've got an established game base, they'll bring them back again. And, you know, yeah. I would say that's a cynical viewpoint. But you know what? The way EA has been behaving for a number of years right now, I, I'll be honest, they make some of the greatest games out there. But they're also one of the scummiest companies out there. Yeah. You know, they have some of the best developers that really do care. Look, 
The first Battlefront is a brilliant game. I wish there was a single player, and that was a lot of people's complaint about that game. And you actually do get a single player game in Battlefront 2, which is it's fantastic. But Cole and I would play just local multiplayer type stuff, going against each other and working with each other. And the graphics on the PS4, are, it's just fantastic. It looks great. It really is Star Wars. It really, really is. I mean, it feels like Star Wars. The music is right. The It's just really, really good. That being said, we didn't have to pay extra to do anything. Right. And yeah. And when you get something, you feel like you earned it. But the grinding aspect of what we have on mobile being brought over to $60 AAA titles is disgusting. And EA's behavior and the way they keep, they're running their company for the profits, which is how you're supposed to run a company for. And that's what the investors want. Sure. But they seem to be under the delusion of what gamers actually want. And they seem to be going out of their way to ruin the experience, thus making their profits less than they would have been if they just would have done business correctly. Yeah, they're just treating the, their consumers as a, as a cash box. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're, abusing, they're thinking that they can abuse... The, the executives who run these companies are thinking they can abuse them. They're, all they're thinking about is numbers on the spreadsheet. They're not sure. thinking about real people. And they're saying all the players of our games are there for is to be exploited for our money. And if, and um, they are you, not thinking about giving them the best experience. They're about giving, the, they want to give them the, the experience that is most profitable to EA. Yeah. Um, and it's and disgusting so, when you go back and look at the history of EA and, and why it was started and what the grounding philosophy was. I mean, yeah. one of the whole things of EA's beginning was to give developers credit that they weren't getting at other companies yeah. in the early days of of gaming and put the emphasis back into gaming and yeah the ea stood for electronic arts and it arts. was about recognizing the developer as an artist exactly yep yeah, and that, it's not that anymore now what will happen is um you know one of these games will come out and if it doesn't meet his numbers then the studio gets uh gets shut down everyone gets put out of work yeah it's happened you know? it's, it's yeah. happened before david it happens all the time yeah so um, I, I'm, I'm. This is I, going back to our previous conversation. Owen, this, the fact that these these games are also massive and require very large internet connections to download and run, even when you buy the disc in the store, is one of the many reasons why I've not been keen to go to the, the latest consoles. Why I'm happy with the 360 because these things were they they were prevalent back then, but not to the same degree. No, it, it's it's out of control at this point. I'll give you an, an example. I bought a game on the PS4. Uh, a couple months ago, and it was I don't know six. Uh, well, it's like almost thirty gigabytes, right? So yeah. it took hours to download this thing. So and then it took hour at least an hour to install it. So finally got it done. Cole really wanted to play this game. Launch it. Oh, there's an update, and and guess what? The update was like <laughs> ten gigabytes. I'm like, Are you, I just downloaded it. Why can't you have what I just downloaded be 
the latest and greatest version that already has the update apply. Why well, is there an that, update for a game I just bought? For you. I understand. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, because they, yeah. they want to get it out. Oh, no, I get that. If it was a physical hard disk that I went to the store and bought, I downloaded the game digitally on oh, my PS4, launched it, and there's yeah. an update. Why didn't that, what I just downloaded be the latest and greatest version of that game? Are you that freaking incompetent? One, one and you just don't care about your game yeah. gamers? No, I'll tell you why. Because they probably developed the update as a patch, not as a full build because of the time it takes to do that. So they so rather than build the full build, they'll know you'll do it as a patch because it solves two problems. Yeah, but it <laughs> creates another one for their consumers. And right. what you start telling your consumers is don't even bother. If you want to play a game, you better know you're going to want to play it a week ahead of time. Well, it's long been a joke, Tim, that we used to say, oh, I turned my Windows machine on. It's been 20 minutes. Let me wait for the update. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> now it seems to be true in games. So let's thank our sponsor. It's MacSales.com, a uh, longtime sponsor here on TechFan. If you guys aren't shopping at <clears throat> MacSales.com, please do so. Uh, show support of the show. Go to their website and buy stuff. Uh my kids, at least the younger ones, I don't know how this happens, but they go through an inordinate amount of headphones. It's it's every few weeks, one of them needs a new pair of headphones. Um, I don't know what they're doing with their headphones, that they just destroy them the way they do. Um, it doesn't help that we get cheap ones, and then the cheap ones don't last long, and then they need another one. Um, that being said, OWC right now, with their... Uh, special going on they have apple earbuds with remote and mic for nine dollars and 75 cents those are usually 30 dollar headphones it does seem like the apple ones last longer i don't know if they're just built better <clears throat> well i know they are because the cheap ones that we find for five bucks at the checkout lane at a grocery store stop buying those well you could just say that Owen, those. but because but when you have exactly what you said right but it's that or i buy these for 10 bucks and I replace them at about the same rate because my kids their their passion is to destroy headphones. <laughs> Are you thing. in there, Brooke? Yeah, she's in there. She's got headphones on. I know she can hear me. Are you can you hear me, Brooke? Yeah. yeah. You want to come in here and explain to my listeners why you keep destroying headphones? Yes, she, please. She said no. <laughs> come on, Brooke. But but Cole goes through them even faster. Um, yeah. What so, breaks, Tim? Uh, you know, it's just their cheap headphones, and when you plug them in and unplug them, it's really not their fault. Um, I pull the wires out. So yeah, what happens is one of the headphones will stop working, and it's because they're cheap headphones. <clears throat> and when you unplug them and plug them in all the time, because my kids love music, and I love that, that they love music. And Brooke has actually become a very gifted musician she is teaching herself piano keyboard cool. uh, she plays the drums in marching band she just joined jazz band in high school uh, she can play the guitar now she's hoping to learn how to play bass eventually um you know i don't have those skills she doesn't get those skills for me <laughs> but she also loves listening to music and she loves all kinds of music so she is going through headphones because she uses them Cole is the same way, at least as far as listening to music. So when you buy cheap headphones, they just don't last. What about wireless ones? Well, the problem with the wireless ones are you have to charge them. Uh, 
that's true. And, yeah, the other thing with kids is not only do they break headphones, but they're very good at losing them. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a, now that's a good argument. Thank you. Yeah. So, so when you spend $30 for a pair of headphones and they come up missing and you have to replace them, $30 is more of a pinch than a cheap $5 pair of headphones. Sure. Even if you have to replace the cheap ones three <clears throat> times as much, you're still saving money. Okay. So if people are out there are listening or having these same problems with cheap headphones, maybe get a little bit better headphones. Get the Apple ones. 10 bucks at, at MaxSales.com. That's a good deal. Yeah, buy in bulk. If you have more than one, uh, well, even if you have only one child, but uh, certainly have more than one child, get a few, $50 worth, and you'll uh, you'll be all set up as long as you don't lose them. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the thing. <laughs> you have to remember you bought it. And uh, don't go buying again. I mean, uh, funnily enough, somebody uh, at work came up to me yesterday. Um, we, I, I'm not really the IT guy at work because we have a company that does that, but I'm generally the guy people come to. Uh, and uh, yes, I know that. Me, <laughs> yeah, she said, "Oh, can you help me with my phone?" And she shows me her phone, and sticking out of the headphone jack, an iPhone 6s. It's just this tiny little stub of plastic, <laughs> and she sat down on her phone while her headphones were in, and the the jacket just snapped off in the socket. Wow! <laughs> so there was just enough. Fortunately, I had a I had a well, of course, because on me I have all sorts of tools and doodads in my drawer at work, and so I, I pulled out a leather man and managed to um, use the pliers to pull the uh, pull the thing out of the headphone socket. Otherwise, that would have been an expensive repair. You, I, I'm, I'm not surprised you carry your Leatherman with you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Now, I love that, by the way. I really do. <laughs> I thought I was the only one who carried one of those in my bag. <laughs> so I'm looking at this uh, other article that you posted on the BBC, David. Uh-huh. And is your phone listening in? And a lot of anecdotal stories about people getting images... Or getting uh, advertisements, setting setting their uh, heading their way. Oh my God, you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> you want to explain it, David? Yeah. So basically, there's a lot of anecdotes. Even though the the social media companies deny that their apps listen to people uh, and pick stuff up, the problem is, um, you know, a Google device is always listening for you to say those trigger words. An Apple device is always listening for the trigger words. Uh, an Amazon device is always listening for trigger words. So they are listening to you all the time. Now, all the companies deny that they do anything with that data. And yet plenty of people say, well, here's, here's the weird thing. We, we got engaged and we, we hadn't told anybody. We just, you know, I'd given her the ring and um, we did it on the spur of the moment. And it was all happy and everything. And the next day we sat down on a computer and we start getting ads for wedding stuff. You know, um, wow, yeah. Oh, oh, I, I, uh, I had a conversation in Starbucks, and I, uh, I said, I said, oh, maybe I should just work here because I could uh, drink more coffee. I love Starbucks. I'm looking for a new job. And the next time I'm on Facebook, all of a sudden, somebody says, uh, Starbucks, tell me that they've got a recruitment event going on. Yeah, and but and it goes on and on. And on. These are people who are having conversations. They're not talking about it online. They are having conversations in the real world with people, and then all of a sudden they start getting ads via their computers for stuff they've discussed, private discussions. 
You know, somebody says, oh, I'm thinking about buying a new bed. And all of a sudden they start seeing, they start being targeted with mattress ads. And, and everyone's going, well, I don't understand how this can work. So there is a, there is a, there is a, 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 a real concern that somebody wow. somewhere is listening to conversations via these devices and then using it for target advertising. I'm going to try some of those tests because, because we have both a Google home and an Alexa and my, yeah. my, both an iPhone and an Android phone. And they, I'm sure they're all like my Android phone just opened up on Bixby for some reason, you know, which is their Samsung's Samsung one yeah. version of it. You know, uh, this is scary. Yeah. Well, the, the, the real suspect in this is, is either Google or Facebook. They're the two, you know, the two ones people really suspect of doing this. Both of them states swear blind they don't, but Facebook has been caught running audio on um, iPhones before to keep the app open, to stop it from being put to sleep by the phone. Wow. Um, and your yeah. Samsung TV is probably listening to you too. Huh? Well, the problem is all of these devices are listening. They are listening. Nobody argues that they're listening to us. It's what they're doing with that data, if anything. That's and just... You know, what's interesting about this is that, do you remember back in the George Bush days before the world went mad, um, <laughs> that there were accusations? You remember when all the, all the business about um, uh, all the Snowden revelations as well, it, it all came up about the fact that uh, the uh, security services were, were they weren't listening to conversations, but they were using metadata about the conversations right. to right. determine stuff. And and one of their defences at the time was, well, we're not listening to exactly what you're saying, but we're just using metadata. We're just using conversations to to, uh, and the metadata is very powerful. We don't need to listen to the conversations. Of course, now they 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 all say that they absolutely must have encryption broken so they can listen to. The, the conversations and read the conversations. I don't but know why some sort of things have changed, but that's a digression. The point is, is even metadata about people knowing which phones are in the same in, in the same room with each other, knowing where phones are going. That information is stuff <laughs> that, in enough volume, can be used for this target advertising. It could be something as simple as that. That they're not using the uh they're not actually listening to us but the thing is they are seeing enough about what we do and where we go and who we speak to to figure these things out you know maybe maybe the guy who bought the wedding ring yeah his phone phone connected to a wi-fi hotspot in the jewelry store and and google on his phone or, or something on his phone saw that or facebook on his phone saw that he connected to that wi-fi hotspot yeah and then <coughs> From that, it was able to think, well, maybe maybe he's buying a wedding ring. You know, it also knows who he lives with. Yeah, maybe, I, I mean, I'm just trying to build a scenario here, but, but maybe the lady to whom he got engaged, yeah, uh, maybe she'd been hoping for an engagement for some time. So a few times over the last two, three years, maybe she's looked at a wedding site or a wedding dress or uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. These... These companies can build that data together as a picture that gives you a spooky idea of what's going on. And the point is, we, we're sitting here like dummies, not realizing that we're basically just being harvested for all this data all the time. Here, I saw a funny uh, cartoon on Facebook, of course. <laughs> and it said uh, the 1950s and today. And in the 1950s, it shows... Uh, it's the same woman in both, but one, she's kind of in 1950s garb, and one, it's obviously modern. 
and she's got her hands over her mouth and she looks horrified and she says i better not say that out loud the government might wiretap me and then in the next picture you see the little uh amazon thing you know that you talk to yeah and she goes hey wiretap what time does the movie start (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was fantastic and and so, let's be yeah, honest, that's yeah. anybody listening to this, if you have one of these devices you talk to, Alexa or the Google One, um and Apple's got one coming out soon. The pod you, you to the and, pod. and and I believe most of them you can name it so you, there's a keyword that you can say to get its attention. Yeah. We should all change it to wiretap. <laughs> I mean, exactly. be, let's be honest. It's the it it's fantastic. That but is I think- I, I think that the problem with these stories is it's it's not even these devices because at least with that you are making a conscious decision to put something in your home that you know on purpose is there to listen to you. Yeah. Well, we got our Alexa. My wife used to walk by and hit the mute button. Yeah, my my you wife does that. On, yeah, my wife does that on ours as well. Um, but the point is, is that we all have phones with us, and most of us are yep. not expecting those to be listening to us or tracking us or figuring out where we're going and what we're doing the purpose of advertising and yet we don't realize that's the deal with the devil we've all made have you have you turned off google track uh i i well i i'm i'm on an iphone not not a google not an android phone but i i don't really use any google apps on my iPhone. Oh, okay because google but, track uh, i mean it, i've left it on just because it's amusing to see where i've been but you can go onto the google website and see where you've been for the last year well yeah i mean even even the Apple device, I get in the car, and it and it pops up on my iPhone. This is how long it'll take you to get home, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, I get in the car in the morning, and this is how long it'll take you to get to work. I mean, they, they asked. Even though Apple commits to keeping that stuff locally on the device and not sharing it, um, we have to take them at their word for that. So let's jump into a little bit of our feedback. We're going to skip Owens for right now. Wait, before you do that, I want to talk about something just a little bit less scary. Sure. Because we're tech. Um, Tesla had an announcement recently for a te- two, two new vehicles, and one is a semi, yep. a truck, mm-hmm. okay, with a 500-mile range on batteries. But that'd, be a, that'd be that a lorry for smile you, David. Is zero to 60 in 20 seconds while it's carrying 80,000 pounds of cargo. Yeah, that's this electric motor that's all torque sure uh, it just I, that just blows me away it's like now you're now your semis are going to be passing you on the street <laughs> well yeah the reason they already do the reason for that is that 60 miles an hour is a sweet spot for a semi uh, yeah. in terms of energy consumption so if they want to get that 500 mile range out of the uh out of the truck they need to get it up to speed as, oh as that's a good point yeah because because below that and an acceleration is all about sapping energy from the battery you can sure. bet you can bet as well when those things come out that they'll have autopilot up the wazoo to it try and optimize yeah to try and optimize the performance of the truck so that it stays at that speed as much as possible well five because seconds that, went empty that's the even zero to 60 in five seconds that's <laughs> faster than the new model three yeah. and then they also introduced a new roadster 250k yeah. Zero to sixty in one point nine seconds. Hmm. It's crazy. Holy crap! That's gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope it's in self-driving mode because, from the drivers that I've seen on the road lately, 
<laughs> exactly. They, yeah. they can't handle that. I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead with what you were going to do. But this, I just saw this while I was looking at your smartphone, listening in there. With, and Gadget had an article on the new Tesla Roadster, and it's just like, oh wow. So uh, Simon, uh, host of the Essential Apple Podcast, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, of course. Um, he wrote in, uh, and this is about the problems that I was complaining about the last episode with my iPhone 6. And he says, uh, Tim, if you missed the feature in iTunes for managing your phone, or if you miss uh, the feature in iTunes for managing your phone, you may find uh, that the free Apple Configurator 2 helpful. Also, of course, iMazing and iPhone Explorer may be helpful to make backups that you know contains everything and then you could wipe your phone, reinstall, and restore. He's right. I, I'm aware of all of that. Um, the Well, number one, uh, Configurator is really about managing devices for companies. Uh, it's a MDM, but it, will it work? I could probably get it to work. Uh, I don't want to have to jump through hoops to do it. Uh, what I really want is this phone just to be as fast as it was before iOS 11 came out. And it's not. It's not even anywhere in the vicinity of what it was under iOS 10. Um, in some respects, well, I did the test here on, on the show where I was taking yeah. a picture and you'd hear the, the click way after. Uh, some well, apps I, take forever I think, to launch. I think what we're all trying to say to you is we think there is something wrong. We don't think that that is regular behavior. See, I do because I have I've read enough posts on Facebook and um, some different websites that I visit that they're having these same problems with I, uh, iPhone sixes and six. Pluses. So, did, so did we, and we did exactly what you want to do. You back it up, you completely wipe it clean and you restore it and it goes away. Yeah. Except. Yeah. So is I'm, so having not gone to the newest version of Mac OS, are you, it's completely gone. You can't do any control of it. In iOS. You mean iOS? Sorry. Well, I, we have it has iOS 11 on it, but so yeah, no, we just no, tried to unlock our phone, Tim. And you know what? You know what? AT&T says to unlock it, you have to back it up, wipe it, and restore it, and then it will unlock. Yep. You well, do that. I want to bring you back about and talk about your adventures in unlocking your phone because too too long of a story to go into right here because I read right. your Facebook post about this. Yeah. And it, I just thought, wow. And by the way, you should probably turn that into a, a post at my Mac because it's really, okay, really I can good. do that. Yeah, it's longer than yeah. that. I just did the short. I, I just don't know what I want to do. Um, Steve Stavinsky, a listener, also wrote in. He says, hey, Tim, I had massive problems with the 6 Plus simply because I had Instacast installed long after the developer <laughs> abandoned it and was taking out of the store. I'm not saying this is your issue. But I would first try deleting any and all non-essential apps. I have been experiencing horrible problems myself recently with my 6S that seemed to start when I recently rented a car that had CarPlay car enabled stereo. Makes me want to buy a new damn car. So I am about to try this myself. Also, I heard that Owen said two weeks ago about not being able to kill bad apps like Facebook without nuke and paving. But I'm wondering if deleting and reinstall would do the same thing. No. I, no, it doesn't. I know that for a fact. I can't see any reason that I, that the big fruit engineers would think an iPhone would need to do, protect the state of a deleted app. Going to try that with Facebook app as well. But that's not exactly what's happening. Okay. 
So the, the iPhone OS was designed that when you shut it down and restart it, it brings it back to where you were. So the operating system says, grab all the processes, save their states, shut it down. And then when it restarts, it says, restart all those processes. It's not a deleted app. It's pieces left over from crashes. Right. And why they don't, why they can't say, oh, that app doesn't exist anymore, delete those processes. But the Apple operating system is designed to protect cross talk of apps. Yeah. Also, as well, I think, uh, I mean, they're starting to move away this with iOS 11 now where they've dropped all the first super app support. But in, you know, previous versions of iOS, they, there was a lot of support for legacy stuff in there. Right. And, you know, if if you do have an app on there that that's been been running, uh, and and like like Steve says, it hasn't it hasn't been updated for a long time. Um, it could be doing something that, while it doesn't doesn't break the OS, it just really doesn't sit well with the latest developments in the OS, or it could be hitting a bug in the OS that nobody else has seen before. So that's sure. that's another possibility too. Um, I've certainly seen with iOS 11 more instances, even with apps that are well-maintained, um, where I've had to to basically force quit an app, which is something that generally in the past I've tried to avoid doing because I think it's a bit of rubber chicken type stuff. You know, you see people um, industriously force quitting apps because they think it's going to improve their battery life and, and all that sort of thing. It's just, it shouldn't be necessary. It actually I've might seen, make it worse, David. Yeah, but I have seen uh, with iOS 11 on, on my iPhone, <laughs> pretty hard crashes in apps like Outlook and um, Overcast and a couple of others where basically it's just you can see something's gone wrong and it's just not working right and really the only thing to do is to force quit the app and bring it back again to resolve the problem. Now every time you do that you, as, as you say Owen, you run the risk of leaving something run in the background that's going to cause the system a problem. It was um, when Apple added the ability to you know, your app would run in the background, right? Like listen, like like you said, Outlook. It listens to for new mail. Those tasks can get abandoned when you force quit or crash, and that seems to be where, at least according to the guy at the Apple Store who showed it to me, that's what seems to be the problem of, of slowdowns. Is these app these background tasks continue to run, and the only way to get rid of them is to shut it all the way down and clean it and bring it back up because that's the only thing that deletes yeah. anything. And, and in fact, I think, you know, the, the, the real hardcore way to go through this is just basically to shut it down, reinstall the OS, but then not restore a backup, but actually just set everything up from scratch again. Yeah, well, luckily the backups don't bring those processes, thank God. They just bring the yeah. apps. You'll notice when you do a full restore, the app kind of reinstalls anyway. That's right, yeah. In fact, I just did that yesterday. I used that new system that Apple's got where you just wave the phones near each other and everything transfers over. Okay. Which was very, it was very slick actually, because it just meant you didn't have to do all the retyping of cool. passwords and everything. It all kind of went over. The apps didn't go over. So they reinstalled themselves as normal. Right. So effectively, rather than having to do the, you know, when you do the fresh install and you've got to, you've got to go through about 10, 12 different screens before you get to the <laughs> point where, whether whether you can get to the point where say restore my iCloud backup, all of that is basically handled automatically because it comes over from the old phone. So what did you update to? Uh, uh, basically, what I'm doing, I have a I have an eight. Uh, sorry, I have a seven, and I'm probably going to get an eight plus from work in a few weeks. Okay. So because I want to do a completely fresh install on that eight plus, um, and restart again with that phone, what I did is I took my current seven settings 
and I migrated that to my um, SE, which I use when I travel, ah. so that I've got a record on a different device of all of the apps that I currently have on my phone. Oh, because, you know, it's like, like I've got a library of probably, you know, 800 apps or something like that. If I <laughs> try go through that and then say, oh, I want that one on my new phone, I want that one on new phone, uh, I won't remember. I, I'll miss things. Whereas this, I'll be able to look at the old phone and, and go, Oh yeah, I use that one. Oh no, I don't need that ah, one anymore. And it's gone from yeah. iTunes, right? That's you guys are saying that you. I haven't got here yet, so I haven't gone that yeah. far. So you so cannot you, see it anymore. You can, you can, um, you can move things into. You know, like when you uh, move things into the document store for the app for an app. So yes. let's Say you got a, a video playing app. You can use iTunes still to move a video into the store for that app. But what you can't do is the full app management you used to be able to do. All the stuff for downloading apps into iTunes and storing it on your hard drive have gone. Uh, and ah. also all, all the page, I think all the pages for managing the apps on your um, on your phone, you know, where you could move the icons around. I think, yeah. I think all of that's gone as well. The only thing you can do now is add video and music to your iPhone and iTunes. That's it. And it doesn't back up at all. There's no more computer Yeah, back. it backs up, but it's not backing up apps from what I can from what I understand. No, it doesn't. It's just uh, that's it's all cloud the, now. Uh, well, yeah. On one side, I understand this because if I have a 256 gig phone and I have Apple's new MacBook with the SSD drive, which is 256 gig, and I try to back up the phone that's full, I guess I just fill up my computer and they're trying to stop that maybe? Yeah, I, I wonder if they're trying to reduce uh, bandwidth on the App Store, to be honest. But that seems like you... it would increase it. Well, no, if you, but yeah, the thing is, if you download, if you back up your apps to your uh, iTunes account on an older version of iTunes, then it will go on the Mac and it will go and update those apps every time they update it. Oh. Right? So that the oh. next time you restore the phone, um, you have the latest version of the apps. I now, forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. And, and I think the problem is, if, if there's anything like me, I did that on my Mac uh, a few months ago and then. I haven't used iTunes since then, and when I went onto it, it downloaded about 15 gigs worth of updates for for all of my iOS apps, whether okay. I was whether they were on my phone or not. Basically, every single iOS app I ever had was stored on the hard drive of that Mac, uh, and they every single one of them got updated to the latest version when I fired iTunes up on that Mac. Wow! And that must I, don't, I remember thinking at the time, thinking, "Oh, this must be a huge strain on Apple servers." So I, I think with the cloud model, they're they're trying to move away from that. And what happens to apps that are no longer in the store? Uh, they, unless unless Apple's literally pulled the app so it's no longer available and they pretend it never existed, then you still get the most recent version. Okay. Yeah. But if it's gone from there the are, app store, they, it's gone they can, forever. They can set a flag for you know something that was buggy or or broke their guidelines or something. They can actually expunge it, and it's like it never existed. And then if you don't have a backup copy of the file somewhere, then that's it. You'll never get it back again. And I'll give you an example. So when we, the, the video game company we had, there was two apps. Now that company's gone, and so is the developer license. So they do not exist in the store anymore. Right. So, um, yeah. They would go away. I mean, they'll probably go away, yeah. Well, on the other hand, I just looked at my Mac, and I've got like 122 gigabytes of app backup. Yep. It's huge. That's, I mean, I had no idea how much. Okay, so yeah, because they, they, you know, iOS apps now are getting quite big. Especially yeah, like some... you, we have so many we've had over time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a big thing, and and the problem is a lot of those apps you don't want or need anymore. 
that's the that's the thing. But you know, it's it's swings and roundabouts because you paid for them. In some right. respects, it, it seems a bit off that that they can disappear and you will never get them back again. Which kind of if if it's cloud only, that is the risk you run. Now the new version of Clean My Mac, which I used to use, is now asking me to delete all those things. It seems to think yeah. I don't need them anymore. And also as well, the new storage management on um, Sierra and High Sierra, where yeah. if you're running short of space, it pops up. That's one of the things it will do. It will say, oh, well, I can get rid of all these for you. Gotcha. It'll go right. to get rid of them all. It's a, it's a decision. I'm not sure I like it. but I know I don't, but... I'm feeling pretty happy about my Samsung right now. <laughs> Until it bursts into flames. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about our wiki the, troll. The S8 was at, was their their apology for the S7, okay? It's like, yeah, we're really sorry your phones blew up. Let's just throw everything we can into a phone for you. It's like, Well, the guy who has the third-degree burn scars on his crotch, I'm sure, is accepted their <laughs> apology. Was that from McDonald's coffee or from his phone? That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> our uh, our wiki trolling page this week is kind of a fun one. We could almost dedicate an entire episode to this. Um, and it's Excite. Who remembers Excite? Well, this is one of these things that I didn't remember it until you pointed this out to me. Yeah. Wasn't that um, at home? Excite at home, wasn't that? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, sure Excite was. at home came later, but originally they were just Excite, and it was... They were one of the early web uh, kind of web portals. Excite. Oh, no, I know who they were. We worked with them at Pac Bell. Uh, Excite was founded as Architect in 1994 by Graham Spencer and other people. Who cares? In 1994, <laughs> uh, International Business Group paid them eight, $80,000 to develop an online service. In January 1995, uh, former blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to even try to. Vinod. Kiosla, a partner at the venture capital firm Kleiner, Perkins, Clawfield, and Byers arranged a $250,000 first round backing of the project. So the guy, they got all this kind of seed money and they launched Excite at Home eventually. And in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was one of the destination sites online. It was, it was huge. And for those who were early internet adopters. And remember, you know, mid-90s, late-90s, not everybody was on the internet. You might have been on a service like AOL or CompuServe, or, but that doesn't necessarily mean you were online as far as yeah. the true internet was concerned. But this was one of the very first one. Um, in 1999, um, the CEO... This is, this, this is great. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Met with two guys. There were two graduate students from Stanford University by the name of Sir, yeah. Sir, Sergey Brin and Larry Page. They had decided that this little project they had started called Google, uh, a search engine they developed, was taking up more time than it should and that they really should be studying. So they went to Bell, the CEO, and offered it to him for a million bucks. But <laughs> Bell rejected the offer and oh, later God. threw out Vinod Kolasa, one of Excite's venture capitalists, uh, threw him out of his office ever, after he had negotiated with Bryn, Bryn, Bryn and Page down to $750,000. <laughs> well, let's be Oops. honest. 
Let's let's be honest. It, it See, wouldn't be it... Google today if Excite would have bought them. They would have screwed that up massively. Well, yeah, but the point is, is Google today is a hundred eighty billion dollar company, and they had the chance to buy it for seven hundred fifty thousand. Would have done by AT and T now. If they had bought it, then maybe Excite was still where we're at today. No, it'd be owned by AT and T. Uh, the $6.7 billion merger of Excite and At Home Network in 1999 became one of the largest mergers of two internet companies at the time. At Home's high-speed internet service and existing portal were combined with Excite's search engine and portable portal. Um, I was uh, a customer of At Home. As was I. Uh, that was one of the very first high-speed internet access companies. They were bought out by a local cable company here, uh, at least their network was here, and now that's Comcast. But I had a, a cable modem in 1999, which was unheard of for most people at that time. So, so Tim, oh. Pacific Bell, 1995, 96, our teams built that first network. And most of the people, when we got shut down by SBC, went to at home. So yeah. it was basically the network we had started at Pac Bell. Yep. On October 1st, Excite at Home filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection with the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. The company's remaining 1,350 employees were laid off the following month. Um, Read the next line. As part of the agreement, at Home's national high-speed fiber network access would be sold back to at and Corporation. Sold back. Yep. <laughs> Keywords. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you go to Excite.com right now, it might be one of the worst websites I have ever seen in my life. It is, <laughs> it is, uh, uh, it, it should taxi. almost be illegal. Wow. It's, um, it's very retro. Yeah. If you want to see what it was like back in 1999, well, there you go. Yeah. It's using frames. It's using frames. And they, the frames wow. even have the little X ones to, to get rid of them. Or you can scroll the frames up. It is. Can I drag them around? No. No. It, now look. In all fairness, my my website uses frames, but that's because I left it to look like it was retro on purpose. It, it, it it's horrible. I can't believe this is. Still... Who owns this? Um. It's owned, is, I think is it owned by Ars.com nowadays? No, I don't think so. MindSpark Mind Interactive Spark. Network. MindSpark. Who the hell are they? Well, let's see. Let's, yeah, well, exactly. Search MindSpark Internet, or uh, yeah, MindSpark is MindSpark.com. Wow. Has updated its name to IAC Applications. Uh, they own Ask.com, Slimware Utilities, and Appalon. <laughs> just buying up so old stuff. <laughs> we go to that website, and well, I mean. It looks better. It's just running WordPress. You would think somebody might want to upgrade my Excite, uh, Excite.com. Holy moly. I mean, look at the graphics at the top of Excite.com. Could you yeah, get no. more retro logos and graphics? And it's just. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Tim. I bet you this thing is not tracking you. I bet you it's not showing pop-up ads. No, I, I, no, you're no, probably right. There's no, 
There's no videos popping up and auto playing as soon as you go to the page. Uh, that track is so crazy. What happened? The the auto pop up of videos that you know you go to a website. Sometimes I like to I'll sit with my iPad and try to look at stuff at night. My wife would be trying to sleep, and a video will start playing full blast as a yeah, default. That, that's that's because of those naughty sites you try and go to late at night, Owen. Yeah, CNN. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, CNN is the worst offender of all of them right now. Yeah, they are. And there's no way to turn it off. I even there's have no U-Block running, yeah. and I even have the newer U-Block, U-Block Origin running, and none of them block it. I go to the freep.com, free press, because I, I like my Detroit Lion News, and they have these videos that run at the top of the page. I hate them with a passion. I hate them, and there's no way to block it. I've have you noticed if you use uBlock now though, you go to websites and they won't let you in because they know you're using a yeah, block. and then I so I just never go back to that website. Yeah, now yeah. Uh, Safari Eleven on on the High Sierra is meant to is meant to prevent these these ads playing, but um, it doesn't. I I, 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 don't, I think they found a way around it already. I, yeah, by the I've way, it Matt, says it, I've just gone to MattWorld.co.uk and one has just come straight up. Yeah, I, I there's a weather app part of this excite.com website if you actually type in your zip code and hit submit so you can get your website or your address there <laughs> weatherbug.excite.com's server dns address cannot be found <laughs> oh no I, i'm i'm there really I mine's not working it is not working at all for me i actually i used i love weatherbug i used to use it all the time i didn't no, know no, no. Still i'm there. saying they're on the excite website if you put in your zip code and hit submit it, it doesn't I work. I did it. Oakland, California weather, 50 degrees. Oh, mine doesn't work at all here. That's too far. Maybe, maybe I should try your website. What's your zip code? 49017. 49107. 49017. 49017. 49017. Yeah, Battle Creek, Michigan doesn't exist. <laughs> Wait, it's spinning. Yeah, it's thinking about it. <laughs> oh, it's still thinking about it. That's pretty slow. Mine I hit immediately, and then the DNS address doesn't work. That's too funny. So, anyways, still spinning. Um, that is our wiki trolling. I'll put a link into it. Excite. It's a long but, story, to be honest. But David just said something that makes me want to use this site. It probably is so old that it isn't tracking. I now I want to go there. <laughs> It's, it's, to be honest with you, and they, they have a search engine on here that's uh, most definitely not Google. Um, <laughs> and I just put my Mac into the search engine. Um, and and you, you get a lot of inline ads as well, uh, text ads put into the web results. But it found mymac.com, but then it came up with some very, very odd uh, results after that. The... Um, the Mount Aloysius College portal serves as the campus internet for physical communication within our college community. That is also apparently called MyMac. Tim, you should sue. I should. I, I did <laughs> so, a search um, for TechFan podcast. Um, oh, MyMac portal. You're right. That's... It, it comes up with a whole bunch of stuff. But it, the first one was TechFanPodcast.com. And then the That's iTunes what you got listing. when you said MyMac.com? No, I, I typed in TechFanPodcast, two words. Oh, okay. Um, our Twitter feed is number three. Uh, I thought they excite used to use Alta Vista. I, it doesn't seem to be Alta Vista anymore. No, I don't. I don't know, know whose it is. But uh, you know what's interesting is I've just clicked on that link to that college site, and this also looks like it's from the uh, late nineties. I wonder if actually this website is actually a tunnel to the past. Wow. <laughs> it's a time portal. <laughs> it's actually serving 
So that's actually a great idea for a, for a, um, a book or a TV series where you find a way to communicate with the past, but only via an old computer. Yeah, that's a that is definitely. A, I, I like I like on that website it has the uh, on the left hand side the plaid. Yeah, that's what? Uh, it's my dot mac dot edu backslash ics. Oh, because my when I clicked on it, it went to my dot minreal dot edu. It went to someplace different. But another one that that even though it says spring two thousand eighteen registration is open, yeah, that's all I got. This website website looks like it's from nineteen ninety eight. Wait, you're getting you're getting plaid on that website? I was. Yeah. Wow. No. It's the one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. It's farther down because this website doesn't track that. I just clicked a link, so it doesn't know it. Bizarre. Wow, it's a time portal. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I don't know what how they're getting their search results because some of these don't even work. Yeah, weird. And there's my W Mac showed up. That's really funny. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to the West second Market page. Accessory Center for Mustangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Arthur Church. Yeah, I wonder, wonder what one. year Mustang that is. <laughs> yeah, 1965, of course. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh there you go i like this one uh my max with an s at the end dot ca um it's for a max store in canada they had a big doritos thing right there there's a my dot mac oh that's the one you looked at. i see where you went tim yeah my dot mac okay that's that was a different one than i looked at there's two of them for school this is a this is a rabbit hole we could spend hours having fun with. So <laughs> let's do it offline, not bore our listeners. We're going to wrap up this uh, episode of Tech Fan. Oh, and thanks for coming on this week with us, man. Thanks for allowing me to join you guys. It was fun. Good to talk to you too, David. Yes, you too. It was great. So we will be back next week with another <laughs> exciting episode of Tech Fan. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.